Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. God has a special message to encourage and to strengthen our fathers. And I really don't want you to think that because you're not a father that it's not going to speak to you because I know that God is more than able to speak to all of us regardless of whether we're single, whether we're uh, a father, whether we teenager. So let's today think on fathers. Fathers, fathers, fathers. The title of the message today is God's special call to fathers. God's special call. Let's start in Genesis. I want to go to Genesis chapter 1 and see what God had in mind when he was Creating man. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, I believe that that God had in his mind, because of Scripture, that man was going to be a father because he told him in the beginning that I want you to be fruitful and I want you to multiply. I want you to multiply. So, as I'm talking about fatherhood today, know that every male, you are like, let's say, Adam when he was created, you have the potential, of course, of being a father. And so let's go now to chapter 2, look at verse 7, and it says, Then... The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and to keep it. And God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Now, I believe that God created fathers special. He created them, I believe, with, in his mind, natural and spiritual responsibility and headship. That's what I believe. 
And I'm, I'm going to talk about five things that I believe that God did to create man and give him a special call, a special call on his life. There are special calls on fathers. And so he tells him, I want you to be responsible. I want you to have headship. Now, responsibility started when he said, this is what I want you to do. Cultivate it. This God cultivated. I want you to keep it. That's responsibility. He gave him responsibility. And then he gave him a command and told him what he could do and what he couldn't do. That's, again, responsibility. Responsibility. To do something or not do something. He gave him responsibility. And he also gave him headship because we know starting in verse 18 on down when he built the woman and fashioned her and he brought her to the man. It said in verse 24 of that chapter 2, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And a man and his wife were both naked and they were ashamed. They were not ashamed. So we know that that relationship between the man and the woman, between the husband and the wife, that oneness, oneness it speaks of Christ and the church. We know that from uh, way over in the New Testament in Ephesians. We know that. God wants to show the world the relationship between Christ and the church. And he has a special call on fathers. On fathers. And I don't know about you as fathers, but I know that's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. Because a lot of times I don't feel, most of the time I don't feel now that I can handle this responsibility. When I was, when, when, when I was younger, I thought, and I knew at that time that I could, and because I was young and ignorant. But as I grew and learned, I found out, oh, this is a, this is a big responsibility, being a father, having children and raising them up. My goodness gracious, that is a large responsibility. And any father can tell you that's a large responsibility. Because we can't say, well... Well, you know, they, 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 they'll go their own way. Whatever they want to do, they do, you know, and I want to do this. We cannot do that because God has given us a responsibility to raise up a godless seed. He wants a godless seed. We have to make sure that we bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It says in the New Testament, we have to make sure that we present them when they, we release them to him, that we have created an environment and cultivate that environment so that our children are awesome before God. It's a big responsibility. And I, I know I, I'm not, I said, God, I'm not up to this thing. Because when I came into Christianity, my children were, were already born and they were uh, a certain age. They were young, but they were a certain age. And they are still in Lynchburg and here at the church. And I, it's, it's still a, a big responsibility. Even though they are grown, God doesn't expect me to just not pray for them, not just leave them alone, let them do their own thing, because he doesn't leave us alone and let us do our own thing, does he? No. 
You will always, if you have a child, they will always be your child. I don't care if they're 50 years old, they're going to always be your child. It's a big responsibility. That's a God. Okay. I want to encourage you, though, as a father, and strengthen you today as a father, that God has equipped you. Even though now, we don't feel up to the, up to the test, he's, he has equipped us. He equipped us to do that when he made, when he created man, man had, had everything he needed, and when he uh, fashioned the woman from him, then they would have everything that was needed. And when you put them um, inside of Christ, come on, dynamite happens. Oh, dunamis comes forth. It really does. Because if he, when you're reading the book of Mark, you know, in, in all the Gospels, you know that before the uh, Jesus resurrected and before the Holy Spirit came and lived in them, baptized them in the Holy Spirit, you know that they couldn't do a thing. All they did was uh, moan and complain and, and, and bicker sometime. They, they, they doubted up until the, when he was taken away. They were still doubting. Come on, denying him. What, what, what type of apostles did we have before the resurrection and before, the, well, really before the Holy Spirit came to live inside them? What, what, what could they do? Nothing. We can't either. But we are equipped. We are equipped. So we must be responsible and we must take our headship. Even though we might not deserve to be the head of, the, of this woman that God has given us, but he has given us the responsibility. That's all. Just a responsibility. He didn't say that you were more intelligent. He didn't say that you were uh, better. He just said, I'm giving you that responsibility. That's what he said. Let's go to another thing that God called fathers for in a special way. Because God has a special call on every single father. He has a call, a special call on your life. One, of course, I said, responsibility and headship. And you said, well, I don't know. No, 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 no. No, why are you going to say that the man is the head of his wife? Why can't we be equal in this thing together? Well, you are equal. You are equal uh, in, in the everything that has to do with the Lord. The joint, I mean, you, you're equal in salvation. You're equal in all those things. But God has just given the man responsibility to be head. Uh, how many gods do we have? Come on, you see one, one, one finger up. Come on. One. One God. But it's in three persons because we know that the Father's God. We know that Jesus is God. We know that the Holy Spirit is God. So how many gods do we have? One God. They're one. They're one. We also know that the head of Jesus is the Father. We know that the head of man is Christ. And we know that the head of the wife is the, come on, husband. Everybody has headship. So it's not, it's not a bad thing. You can be one, in other words, the Trinity of God is one, but still, the Father has headship. 
Husband and wife, they are one, but still, the husband has a responsibility of headship. That's all. But I'm not teaching on that. I'm teaching today that God has a special call for fathers. A special call for fathers. Responsibility. Headship. Number two, God has a special call for fathers to lead. Oh, to lead. Let's look at it in Genesis chapter 18. And you say, well, I'm not a leader. Oh, yes, you are. If you're a father, you are a leader because God has a special call on fathers to lead. We're in chapter 18, verse 17. And this is, this is the account where you had um, God coming with, with two other men and, and they were going to Sodom and Gomorrah to, to destroy it. And after Abraham had said, well, would you destroy it for this number of people? Suppose you find this many righteous, righteous people. Suppose you find this many righteous people. It's after that. In verse 17, uh, let's start in verse uh, yeah, 17. This is after they were, they were going to destroy it. The Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all nations of the earth will be blessed. Should I hide it from him? So, of course, the answer is no. So he said, okay. For, because, I'm not going to hide it from him, because, for, I have chosen him in order, in order that he may command his children, and his household before him, after him, after him, to keep the way of the Lord. God has a special call on fathers to lead, to lead. Not follow his household, not follow his children, not follow his wife, but to lead. That's a special call, special call. Suppose I'm not a natural leader. Suppose my wife is more the natural leader. Leader, What am I going to do? Am I supposed to follow her or what? It seems more likely that I should follow her because she's stronger. God has a special call on fathers to lead. He has equipped you to lead. And you'll see it as we go, go along. Not that we are anything at all. And it's true that a lot of times you, in marriages, you have, most of the time in marriages, one has a more stronger, outgoing personality than the other. And, and a lot of times, it's the wife who has the more stronger and um, aggressive personality sometimes. God still expects the man to do what? Lead. He expects also the woman to do what? Follow. Because that is just our responsibility. It's not anything other than our responsibility. It's not because the man deserves the right. It's not because, you know, the woman, you know, can't lead. It's because of the word of God. The plan of God. God has called a special calling 
to fathers. And I mean, it is, that, that really is, is, is hard. Because sometimes I just say, uh, I don't want to be wrong a lot of times. Uh, so you say, hey, you make the decision, whenever you make the decision. Hey, you know. Then I can say, I told you so. You know, well, you know uh, sometimes you want to do that, don't you? You, you want to, to give your responsibilities to someone else so that you don't have to have the consequences of being looked at. Hey, the decision you make, that was terrible. That's terrible. You know, I was, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you an example of that. I was, we, we were, Brandon and I was traveling together, uh, coming back from um, somewhere, I don't know where it was. Uh, she, I think she had to pick up some, um, some things for you all today. And I asked her to, hey, uh, we'll go together and whatnot. And we, anyway, we were, we were driving along. And we were coming from the Billycraft Hunderway, and this long line of cars, and so we shot on over there anyway, crossed there, and then we came to a halt. We said, this is bad, two lanes. So we said, okay, we'll go another way. So we went off to the side, went over there by Brookville, I think it's Heritage Baptist Church, and went that way, came out to 221. And Brandon said, hey, um, I think we need to go 221 way, and I said, oh, no, 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 let's, let's go um, back down here, Lakeside, and we'll hit Old Grays Mill. We'll, we'll hit that road right there, Grays Mill Road. We'll come out there. And we'll come right, right out there. All we had to do is just come right there. By the trailer coat, just come right there. She said, okay. All right, Dad. All right. We got down there, and, and she, as we were going, she said, you should, she said, it, it makes sense that you go where there are less trees. If we go down there, there's a lot of trees down there. Go down there, girl. Come on. Go down there. We got, we got down there, a halt, tree crossed the road. So here's all these people. They got out of the cars, you know, trying to pull the tree off. So they finally cleared one lane, and, and uh, they waved us around. So we, we shot them around. Okay, it don't look too bad. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't spend about five, six minutes. Then, all of a sudden, there's another halt, another tree crossed the road. And so we said, oh, oh man. She, said, she was shaking her head. I said, well, what are you shaking your hand on? I can't believe I listened to you. you know? <laughs> I was thinking about that all day. I said, I said God, that is embarrassing. <laughs> Here I am, supposed to be leading my daughter. And she, she said, Dad, you're not always right. I said, oh, God. You know the feeling. Come on. You know the feeling? We're not always right. And so the thing is that, that um, we don't deserve to lead, but God has placed us in that position to lead. So we have to lead because if we give our leadership to our wives or anybody else or to God, all he's going to do is still hold us responsible, isn't he? Did he hold, did he hold Adam responsible? He held him responsible. He can point his fingers all he want to. It doesn't matter. God gave him the responsibility. That's two. That's number two. Number three is that God has this special call on you fathers, and I'm one too, 
a special call on us that includes a relationship of trust with him. He's called us to a relationship of trust with him. Let's look at it in Genesis chapter 22. He expects us to trust him. Trust him. As a father, trust him. He's always right. He's never wrong. Trust him. Now this is an account, of course, where verse 1 says, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he says, here I am. He said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the, to the land, Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. He expects Abraham to have a relationship of trust with him. That's what he expects. He doesn't expect Abraham to be doubting, well, God, this is my only son. If I take my only son and offer him up as a burnt offering, I'm no, I'm no better than a heathen. That, that, that God, come on, God, is this you, God? Who is this talking to me? He knew it was God. So, of course, he rose early, and you know the account, what he did. He, he, he went on up in the sun and said, hey, God, I, I mean, Father, I see it, and, you know, I get, we got the, the wood. We got everything, but uh, where's the offering, God? Oh, God will provide. He had faith the whole time. He told the, the men, he said, the boy and I are going up here to worship. We're going to come back. We'll be back down. We are going to be back down. He had, he had a relationship of trust with the Father. God is calling us as fathers to have a, a relationship of trust with him. And it's not, I didn't say it was easy to have a relationship of trust. Do you think that was easy? Anybody who has children, come on. It is not easy to trust in situations like this because you don't know the outcome. But see, Abraham figured that, well, if God is going to tell me to sacrifice my son, obviously he must going to raise him up. Because I have to kill him. So that means he's going to raise him up. Because he said that from my seed is going to be multitude. Multitude. He's, he's expecting a relationship of trust. That's what he's expecting out of us. I said, ooh, my goodness. Can I do that? Let's turn to Romans chapter 4. Can I do that, God? Yes, God has given us everything that we need to trust him. When has he proven himself untrustworthy? Never has he proven himself untrustworthy. He gave us 66 books to show us that he is trustworthy. Whatever he says, it is going to come to pass. Matter of fact, he's done things in our lives to show us that he is with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. 
He's done all that we need to have that relationship of trust with him. God is calling fathers, all of us, with a special calling. A special calling. Because he's not going to allow us to have this relationship of doubt with him. He's going to make sure we trust him. Because he's going to show us over and over and over again how much he loves us. That's what he's going to do. In verse 13, we're in Romans 4, 13. It says, For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through righteousness, the righteousness of faith. Let's go down a little bit further. And it says in verse 19, without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he is able to perform. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? As fathers, as congregants, do we believe that what God has promised, he's able to perform? Do we believe that? He would not let us down. Even though he's called us with a special calling, a special relationship of trust with him, faith, trust is another word for that faith, he has equipped us to do it. I want to show you a video clip at this time. And in the video clip, it's about fathers.
God has a special calling on fathers. Let's talk about another one. It includes, a special calling includes humility. Humility. As we put the things together, the five things together, this is the fourth one, humility, we'll see that, oh, God doesn't expect us to be able to do this thing without him. So let's look at it in James chapter 4. Let's start in verse 5. God has has a special call on fathers. And it includes humility. Or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell within us, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If we think, fathers, that we can do this thing without Christ, without the Holy Spirit, without the Father, we're deceived and we're in pride. And God will resist that. He has called us to lead. He's called us to be responsible. And for headship, he's called us to do these things but not without him. It can't be done without him. And so therefore, his special calling on us is for humility. Let's keep reading. Submit therefore to God. You see, he didn't say, you know, go out and learn how to do this thing a little bit better, read books about being a father. He said, submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you because you know that the devil is going to try to keep us from doing what God has given us the responsibility to do. He said, draw near to God, and he would draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. God expects us to be humble in his presence, and in the presence of others. We don't want to just be humble in our prayer closet. We want to be humble with each other, with our neighbors. We want to be humble at our workplaces. We don't want to be proud and think we know everything. Our walk is a call to humility. That's what our walk is, a call to humility. We can't do this fatherhood thing without humility. God doesn't expect us to do it. He has called us with a special calling to be humble because he is humble. There is no greater humility than God. God is a humble God. What God will come down and live with his creation and die for his creation? Come on, he humbled himself. God is calling fathers with a special call to humility. And the last call that I want to talk about today 
is he's given us a, a call to prayer. You see how, how it starts? He's, he's leading us to, okay, I want you to do this. I want you to be responsible. I want you to do this. Headship, I want you to do this. I can't do it, Lord, I can't do it. Hey, I want you to do it. I'm calling you to lead. I can't lead, I can't lead. I want you to do it. It drives us to our knees, doesn't it? Come on. It drives us to our knees because we have people depending upon us. We have our wives saying, whatever you say, sweetheart, I follow. Wherever you go, I go. Right? <laughs> why did I hear this? Mm. Why did I hear all these sounds, these grunts and stuff? Come on. <laughs> God has called us to prayer. This video clip, it, it, not only should his daughter see him on his knees, but his wife should also because he's praying for his family. Because how can you lead anyone without praying? And God, help me to lead. Right? Help me, Father, not to say this crazy stuff, lead in the wrong direction. Trees falling all over the road. And, it was, and I said, this is the way to go. We've done some silly things. Come on, come on, men. You know, uh, women, uh, women trying to tell us, hey, this is, this is, a, this is a better way here. Hey, I got a GPS. Be quiet. And we as men, we, we, want, to, we want to do it. Well, man, study the map. Don't want to ask. Hey, let's stop and ask right here at the store. I don't need to ask anybody anything. Come on. God wants fathers of hum- humility. He wants fathers of prayer. 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 Do you know in most churches, most prayer rooms are filled with women? Wonder why? Wonder why? God has given us responsibility to lead. Why? Are the prayer rooms filled with women? I mean, it's good that somebody's praying, right? But God has given us a responsibility, a call, a special calling to pray, men, to pray. Yeah, to pray. And then we get up and say, sweetheart, you know, I don't know, but I think I'm hearing this from God. Okay. Do you know that when your wife sees you praying, knows that you're a man of prayer, do you know that she's more readily willing to just follow? And, you know, even though she might have an intuition about this or that, this or that, you say, sweetheart, I don't know. This is what I believe God is saying. See? But when, when, she doesn't see you praying and you proclaiming all this stuff that you, you want her to do, then some, and she's the one been praying, God didn't, that, that's backwards, isn't it? So therefore, I'm saying that God has equipped you fathers to pray. You say, oh, I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. It's easy. Help 
I mean, is, is it right? Easy. You can say, you can, you can just get on your knees and don't say anything. Don't you know that God knows what you're thinking? Just being in his presence because you don't know what to do, you, or, or you think you know what to do, don't think you know what to do without praying because we have the scriptures showing us that, like David, he went out one way, defeated the enemy, then he said, okay, God, they're coming again. Here they come the same old way they were coming before. I'm going to go out with them. I don't need you now. I'm going to go out with them. No, 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 no. What did David do? He prayed, and God said, I don't want you to go this way. I want you to do this right here. I want you to go by the, the trees here. And when you hear the shaking of the trees, then I want you to do it. God, he, he changes things just to see whether you're going to come and pray and seek him or whether you're going to be in prayer. Humility and prayer, they go together. That's the way he wants us to do. And, I, I mean, I said, God, this, this, this message today, I want to be encouraged. I want to, I want to be strengthened because I want to do a better job of leadership in my household. Pray. See, I should have told Brandon, you know, Brandon, I, I really don't know. You want to stop a minute to pray, you know? Something. Don't act like you know. Right? And she's shaking her head. I can't believe I listened to you. That's, that's, that's a sad commentary. <laughs> wow. I want to read you something. The end on this. This is a call to fathers. A call to fathers. Who are you, man of God, who walks with the authority and anointing inherited from your eternal father? The blessing of the firstborn imparted to you from the foundation of the world. Do you not know? Have you not known that all creation awaits your breaking forth into fatherhood? God has always wanted sons, just like himself. Sons full of love, full of his love to give to all the world. Sons who would pass the love of a father to their sons and daughters from generation to generation. Until his whole world is full of his loving kindness. You O man of God, stand where no other can stand, holding the future of mankind in your hands and in your heart. Be blessed to know that God, through his eternal son, is well pleased with you. I want to ask the people who are going to help me pass out these things. What are the fathers, all fathers in here stand for me? God has a special call to fathers. Special call to fathers. What I just read, we had laminated for you, and you can stick it on your refrigerator, but the thing is that read it because it's God saying an encouraging 
prophetic word to you as fathers. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to call those things into being, whether they are yet or not. He's going to call them into being because they are. Let's give our fathers a hand. Come on, let's give our fathers a hand. Yes, yes. Praise God for our fathers. Glory, glory. Yes, indeed. You may be seated. Thank you, thank you. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.